Hey everyone, welcome to Coffee with your counselors, Miss Deeds and Miss Amy. A time of the day where we can have a brain break together to think about how to care for ourselves and to interact with the world around us. Hope you enjoy our time together. Welcome everybody to our fifth episode of Coffee with the Counselors. Today we have a special guest with us, Curtis Althaus, a senior at Uni High. And today we're going to to talk about the power of storytelling. How are you doing today, Curtis? I am doing pretty good. It's kind of not so great weather outside, but that's okay. Uh, It's a good time to be indoors. (laughs) How's it going, Miss Amy? Good. It is a nice, it's a rainy day, but I feel like this is what symbolizes fall, right? The colors of the leaves changing and rain. (laughs) We're glad you could join us, Curtis. Yeah, I'm very thankful to be here. Uh, So I guess we can just start off. One thing I want to ask you guys is what changes in everyday life have been hardest for you in a COVID-19 season? Um... So me and my husband are both working from home and our home is not that big. So, so ever since we got married, we've been at home together the whole entire time, which is good because we like each other, but (laughs) it's also like, we're never more than like 50 feet away from each other all at the same time. So that's been really challenging. And I feel like the interactions with the students has been really hard because like lots of students don't turn their cameras on and I understand that, but then like, I don't even know the new students because I've never seen their faces and the old ones, you guys changed so much from year to year. now it's been like six months since I've seen you in person. And so it's like, are you still out there somewhere? I guess you are, but yeah, those have been the hardest things for me. What yeah. about you, Miss Amy? Uh, I think for me in the beginning, it was just the uncertainty of it all, you know, especially from the spring when we went um, online, then everyone I think was freaking out because we just didn't know what to expect, but also kind of starting the year, each year has a rhythm and each year people kind of know what to expect at certain times, but because we are online, I mean, I guess it's a little different for me because I started in January. And so I guess I didn't have kind of a baseline or what to expect, but probably just the uncertainty was really unsettling and figuring out what this was all going to look like. And myself being a parent and my kids are at school full time. So that has been a little bit easier. I know some teachers have their kids at home. So I'm sure that's a whole nother you know, aspect to juggle, but for myself, because everyone was not home, it's been a little bit easier being able to devote my full day to being at school and doing school things. But, but then there's also the anxiety that any moment the kids and my husband would be at home again, and it would like the craziness would ensue. So um, I think kind of worrying about that to a degree, but now that it's October, you know, mid-October at that, and uh, things have settled a little, so I think we all feel a little bit more comfortable with what we're doing day to day. But it is still, you do miss the everyday normal life of being in person and seeing people, the energy that people talk about at school and that kind of thing. So, I mean, Miss Diedrich and I, we're going to go do the PSAT this weekend. We're both really excited <laughs> about going into school and seeing faces and being like in the same room with students. So 
that's kind of telling what, that I'm sure everyone kind of wishes that they could be around people physically. Yeah, I was excited to ever go in front of bees that no one ever. So yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny that that is something that we are excited about. What about you? What's been the hardest thing for you, Curtis? So for me, this actually transitions into our topic for today. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, the hardest thing for me was trying to find something special about every day. So how do you look it, once days start to blend together, it just becomes hard to try and like think of what can I look forward to tomorrow? And that was going on for about three months until I read a book called Story Worthy by Matthew Dix, which t teaches the art of storytelling. And uh, he has several exercises laid out in the book. And one of the things he told me or like told the reader to start out with was to have a spreadsheet of one story worthy moment each day and just write one one moment down for each day and do that over and over again. And what I found after doing that for a couple of weeks was that time kind of slowed down uh, and that I was looking for story worthy moments every moment that I had. So I was looking for things I could tell somebody in the future about what today, Monday the 12th was like. And it really helped me distinguish between all of the monotony of the COVID-19 day. So that, that was kind of a problem and solution sort of deal that uh, I went through, so. Well, do you have any um, examples you'd like to share? Ooh, put you on the spot. But. <laughs> I mean, sure. Um, I, I would love to tell a story. Actually, I kind of want to run through the general format of a story that's laid out in the book. So for him, uh, for Matthew Dix, stories are five second moments. They come down to a five second moment that is some sort of change, like at first I was this, and then I experienced this, and now I am different because of it. So uh, that is what I try and approach my stories with. And I've been working kind of on a story that I, I, I'll, I'll, I feel free sharing. So, all right, here we go. So I'm in Minnesota, Lake Beltane, with my cousins and my family. It's a hot summer day, and... All of my cousins want to get in the water, and I'm right along there with them. So we run into the water, we swim out to the big yellow floating dock out in the middle of the lake, and there at that dock, my uncle is waiting. And I'm a six-year-old, 70 pounds, and when you put a 220-pound adult uh, on one side of the dock, jumping, and a 60-pound uh, six-year-old on uh, the other side, you, you get some air. Uh, and so he jumped, I flew into the air, and I plunged into the water. And as I was swimming back to the shore, a rock caught my eye. And it was, it was no ordinary rock. I didn't know what was different about it, so I grabbed it and I pulled it up to the surface and brought it back to the beach. 
And being a six-year-old and seeing this UFO-shaped rock that was circular and thick in the middle, but it was just something was different about it. And I thought it was the coolest thing, and I wanted to show somebody. So I sprint across the sand, up through the pine trees to cabin nine where my parents are waiting, and I show them this rock. And I, I, I say, look, it's a UFO-shaped rock. It's the coolest thing. My dad takes it. Uh, he says, wow, it kind of looks like a tool that someone might have used. And my mom takes it and she says, wow, it's really smooth sandstone. And at that point, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't, they don't, they don't like it, the fact that it looks like a UFO. Why don't they like that? And so that kind of ruined it for me. But what I learned that day was everybody interprets beauty in different ways. So my dad was, it, it was, it was a tool for my mom. It was the, the, the texture of the rock. And for me, it was simply the shape, but beauty is subjective and there is beauty in everything. That's great. Wow. You're very good at describing things. I feel like the people that can describe things in detail are always the best storytellers mm. where you can like imagine what's going on at the same time that you're like telling the story. It's awesome. Yeah. And this is only something I've learned from a book. So I am by no means any, any professional. Yeah. But like in order to tell a story, right, you have to think about the different things that you that that make the story what it is right so you have to be able to describe things really well you have to be able to put yourself in a vulnerable place because lots of times it's like telling about things that you've experienced and sometimes putting yourself out there is one of the hardest things that people can do because like what are people going to think are they going to like it are they going to not like it um so yeah that's awesome yeah, and another interesting thing is, ever since language has existed, stories have been something that connects us. And so by telling stories, you, will, you allow yourself not only to be vulnerable, but to build connections, to humanize with other people. Mm -hmm. And that to me is just the most amazing thing that storytelling can be something that brings people together and allows you to express yourself in ways you might not have been able to do like before. And it's just like, such an incredible thing and i only encountered it recently and it's it's truly life-changing that's yeah. pretty awesome so i mean the story that you that you just told so that's a story that you have i'm assuming that you had been thinking about it's not just something that you just thought of on the spot i thought of it last night <laughs> in my bed so it was just a quick and you didn't write it down that was all just your narrative from your mind. Yeah, the, the helpful thing for me is once I have an idea of like one experience and what it means to me, I can just relive that and replay it like I remember it. Um, and so just by describing the setting, what, what it's like, allows me just to basically take my mind and put it through my mouth and that's that. That's pretty awesome. I mean, because I don't know if I can narrate something like that just on the spot. Like for me, I think if I write it, it kind of flows a little bit more easily. 
An example of like, I sometimes I kind of think that the art of storytelling that we have lost it as a society, because back in the day when everything was more verbal, things were traditions were told through storytelling, right. But these days, it's not like people sit around and tell these stories necessarily, like verbally, I think a lot of things are written in books or journals or, you know, memoirs and things like that. But I think it's a little funny because I'm thinking of, um, I have a friend who, who lives in Texas. We grew up together and she has a daughter. And recently she was telling me that her daughter loves when people make up stories. She doesn't want a book to be read to her. She wants people to make up stories. So then I said, oh, you know, I will make up some stories for her because we do this thing called Marco Polo where you just video record it. So I started to try to make up these stories for her daughter, Madison. And it was really challenging for me. One, because I don't have a very good short-term memory. So even the names of characters, I kept forgetting and I kept forgetting different details. But maybe I, I I wasn't talking about my own experience either. I was just trying to make up a story. I'm sure it's different when it's like your own interpretation and recollection and experiences and things like that. But even just that experience alone made me think, wow, I don't know if people really know how to tell stories anymore, but the fact that that it's so impactful for you and that you do it so well, it makes me feel like, oh, well, people should develop this more, especially if it's helpful in your experience. Yeah. And the thing is, is it is not that hard to learn how to tell a story. And the important thing to realize is that every day you, you experience things that are absolutely story worthy like the 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 best stories that i've heard are the ones that are that are the most simple and the ones that everybody can relate to so um you could tell a story about uh an experience that you had that was super meaningful to you but doesn't really allow other people to relate to you but it's those everyday experiences that you go through that turn out to be the best stories um and so it it, it was important for me to realize uh, that every single day there is a story that I can tell somebody in the future and that every single day is special because it creates a story that I can tell. And that to me was just amazing. And if you, there are lots of ways to figure out how to tell the story, but just a way to start is just to start thinking about what is one story I could tell from today to people in the future that they would be like, oh yeah, I I wish I was there. I could imagine what it was like, what it was like to go through something like that. And that, that was where I started and you guys should definitely do it too. Yeah, it's interesting because what you're saying is like, it brings people together, right? It creates community and it definitely does. And depending on what kind of story you're telling, like you're suggesting just like an everyday type of an event that that happened like we could all go through and state like what our last day at uni was right and it could highlight different feelings and emotions for each of us just through our different narratives and I think that's what's really empowering about stories in general is that it makes you feel closer closer together um like I think back about like I went on the um Clarksdale trip a couple years ago And that whole experience is about storytelling, right? It's about meeting new people, them sharing their story with you, and then you reflecting upon it as a group and how can you grow from that experience? 
or like when I was little, I was in like the Girl Scouts and you think about like the different stories that they tell you and that, it just makes people feel more connected to each other through similar events. Um, but I think also you can learn from others that are different than you by their storytelling um, and them sharing their experiences with you, right? Like the three of us were very different individuals. Like <laughs> obviously you're a male high school student and we're adult women. So that's very different. But Miss Amy, she grew up in the suburbs and I grew up in a small town. That's very different. She's been married for a number of years and has kids. I don't have kids. You don't have kids. All of those things. Um, but we can learn from each other and we can really, you know, definitely learn from each other and grow from every, like learning about other people's experiences. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Like, it's one thing just to tell somebody about, um, like, what you experienced, but it's a whole nother thing to put them in that scene, what it was like to look at something from your eyes. And I think it's very, it's a lot more impactful uh, to tell stories rather than to just tell somebody something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, last year at Christmas, we did this game where, like, my nieces are like being crazy. And I was like, okay, we're going to tell a story and I'm going to start and I'm going to say something. And then the next person that was sitting next to me, they're going to pick it up and tell the story. And we're going to go all the way around the room and see how it ends up. And at first they were like this, I don't know, you know, and <laughs> the further we got into it, they're like, oh, that was so much fun. Can we do it again? And so that's kind of like with the community too, right? Like you're able to have that shared experience, which is kind of cool. And I think it makes you have empathy towards other people, which is like the ability to feel like how someone else feels. So Curtis, you said, remind us again, the three things you said, something that happened before, something that happened after, after and then a lesson that you learned, or what were the three so, um, elements? Ultimately, so the way stories are set up and I'm only speaking from stuff I've read and the, the thousands of hours of moth storytelling I've listened to that. Uh, so basically stories come down to a five second moment. And in that moment, there is something that changes. Like at first I used to think like this until something, some catalyst. And then now I think differently. And when you tell a story, the ones that have the ultimate change in a five second moment, like for me in that story, my moment was standing in the cabin with my parents around me, holding this rock that I realized other people thought was beautiful for different reasons. Uh, and that I realized beauty was subjective. And that, that was my five second moment standing in that cabin. And that was the ultimate thing that changed. So every time I tell a story, I'm trying to think of what does this story mean and where along the lines of the story, like what point does that five second moment occur? And then how do I, how do I transform that into some final product? And so you're saying that everyone at, on any given day probably has a story to tell if they're reflective enough to think about it. Absolutely. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And the easiest way to start realizing or to start thinking of stories is just to write down four or five words that describe some point in your day that you think could be a story worthy moment. And 
that it, it completely changes like your outlook on everything. It's incredible. So how do you think that people feel comfortable enough voicing it? Just practice or like what kind of group would they start with? I'd say a dinner table conversation, like just every night when you're eating dinner, just if you have some idea in your head, try it on your family and see, see if they like it. And if they do, then that's a good sign. And if they don't, then that's totally okay. That's something you can maybe change in some way and use in the future. So it's, it's a completely uh, free-flowing art, which is really, really awesome. And do the stories have to end on a positive note? Because I think that there are a lot of stories that I can tell. I, I thought of one right now, but it's not one that I would want to say because it's not like it ends well or like my processing of it was something more negative. So is that a story worthy moment or should it always have some kind of good theme or... There, there never has to be like some overarching theme and some of the best stories I've heard are ones that are about extremely, like, extremely awkward moments. Uh, uh, and you don't have to have a positive moment to tell a good story because we're human yeah. and humans are not positive beings. We have positive moments and we have negative moments. And it's those moments that make us human. And it's those moments that make good stories so it doesn't have to be positive it could be negative and basically we're stories communicate that we are human and so yeah right it's like the shared human experience right you're always looking for that moment of connection yeah absolutely for sure yeah and i could see how that could be so helpful for just people's own self-reflections you know especially because we do have so many moments throughout the day that we're not really mindful about. They just kind of pass us along and we don't even think, you know, something twice about, but if we actually go back and think about how did this impact me and um, how was it meaningful for me or things like that, then they could definitely be story worthy, but you just don't even think about that when you're going through it. Mm -hmm. And there's no right or wrong. It sounds like either, which kind of takes off the pressure of like, I must do this a certain way because I need to be, it needs to be correct. There's not a correct way of, of doing it as long as you are able to gain something and have that kind of pivotal moment within the story to then gain perspective to use in the future. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And especially during COVID, during uh, like just COVID-19 in general, um, that's the really important thing because it's hard to think of moments from weeks ago that you would remember in the future. But the fact that a story can be anything means that you can find stories at any moment in time and they will stick with you for the rest of your life. So would you recommend practicing this and then writing it down? Would that be helpful to kind of remember the everyday stories that you have? Yeah, so um, there are a couple exercises uh, that we might want to do um, uh, that are pretty quick, but um, one of my favorite ones is called Crash and Burn. And basically it is a, an exercise to just get your mind going. Um, and so I start just by typing one, two, three, four, five, 
and then the first thought that comes in my head, oh, five fingers are on somebody's hand. Uh, I handed somebody something the other day, and I thought it was kind of meaningful because I had to wash my hands afterwards, and it made me realize that uh, human interaction and human touch is something we're really missing in COVID-19. And so you can just keep going, and it's a free-flowing thing, and you'd be surprised how much you can just throw up onto a page in five minutes. Uh, but it, it helps you move through your thoughts and just get your thoughts on uh, on the paper, and it allows you to think of ideas of that story-worthy moment. So that's one of my favorite ones. Another one I really like is called First, Last, Best, Worst. Um, and it's a little game slash exercise where you take some object or something and then you have to write down what the you, what the first thing of that object is the last thing the best thing and the worst thing and it's all right if you have spaces but uh let's take socks for example i can't really remember my first pair of socks and i probably can't remember my last pair of socks but my best pair of socks so for Christmas, my cousins got me an awesome pair of Stormtrooper socks that I thought was like the coolest thing. And that's like a moment I could totally turn into a story. So it's just that, so those sort of exercises that just get into your mind and get it down on paper that are really helpful. Yeah, that's a cool activity. We should steal that. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like that. And I really like the sock example too. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was thinking like computer, like when you're like, you take an object, I was like computer first, and then you said first, last, best, worst. Best, worst, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I remember my, I, when I first started using a computer, it was a desktop in the corner of our family room that we only had, we had dial up internet and only one person could use it as a t at a time. This computer took a fall down the stairs at uni gym because somebody knocked it down the stairs. I don't have a last, no, worst, best. Yeah, I don't have one of those, but yeah. I can see how you can get quickly ideas from just those four simple words. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I thought of apple. I, I don't remember my first or my, well, the last apple that I ate is here right now. <laughs> But the best Apple experience that I had was in college because my I took an intro to horticulture class and it was one of my favorite classes. So random, I think it was just a requirement, but I took it and the professor was this Apple grafting, um, like famous guy. And one of his labs that he did, he would line up all these tables in the hallway and he would have many different types of apples that you've never even heard of on the tables and you would have to go and taste test them and write down like how soft or hard or crunchy or sweet and the the best one was i don't even remember the name of it but it was this japanese apple and it was like the best thing i had ever tasted and i was like i do not know that apples because you just know granny smith now we know Honeycrisp really well gala fuji those typicals typical ones you find at meyer but there were so many different apples. And I was like, apples are so delicious. I love this. Yeah, so here's living testimony to how easy it can be <laughs> to tell a story right there. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I thought of um, 
you know, they have those books where you can like write down similarly to like what we've been talking about, like stories of your everyday life. And I think that would be so cool to be have like to have that to reflect upon as you get older. So like 10 years from now, if you wrote down the stories that you're talking about now, Curtis, you'll be what, like 27 or 28. Like, I wonder what you'll be doing at that time. And like, you'll look back on the stories that you had when you're this age and be like, oh yeah, I remember that moment. And yeah, that changed my perspective. And I, that changed my way that I viewed this certain aspect or whatever it might've been. That could be really cool and powerful. Especially if you're purposeful day by day to do it, you know, because I think we do all remember really, really huge story moments, you know, and so I think you can look back on the month or the year and say like, okay, these were some pretty big events that happened, but on a day to day, you don't really think about what is story worthy for today, because you just kind of brush aside or go past it thinking that it's not really that that meaningful but if you really think about it 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 was and so you need to catch those and if you can get them down or somehow remember them like if i for me i think i would have to write it down on paper you know and then i could go back and think like oh what was i doing on this day it would be kind of my storytelling journal yeah right and it's one of those things where like most routines like working out if you don't do it every day then you're probably not going to do it the next day and it's really really hard to get it going in a routine uh but if you just start now it it could take even like one minute of your day Mm -hmm. and once you start getting it going then you'll you'll see the impact it has and i could try and put the impact storytelling has had on my life into words but really it's it's different for everybody and that's the special thing about it mm-hmm. so i i, I re- highly recommend to all the listeners and to everybody to just start writing down what is one moment you'll remember from the day and it's just as simple as that well thank okay. you so much for sharing this curtis because i think that this will be so helpful for our listeners and students and everyone. Like, I really wanna, I'm looking forward to trying this and I'm looking forward to like Ms. Deed said, having our family do it too, you know, cause it could be such a good bonding moment for our family. And I know that people are a little discouraged these days and need practical suggestions on how to kind of lift their mood and kind of get out of this slump that a lot of people are kind of stuck in. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing stories from you guys on this podcast and in the future. Uh, Yeah. And I really, I I appreciate you guys allowing me on here to share my uh, very amateur wisdom. Uh, And yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Thanks, guys.